You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M, and today... We now know the status, we now know the update, we know everything that we need to know about Haynes King moving forward. Zach Calzada is QB1, what to expect, what to like. We're going to be breaking down Jimbo Fisher's press conference and much, much more. Before we begin, there's only one place to get all the info you need on SEC football five days a week, and that's the Locked On SEC podcast with Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790. Gordy breaks down all 14 teams, including your Texas A&M Fighting Aggies. Follow the Locked On SEC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. As always, if you love what you're hearing, make sure you're following me on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked On Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12 main related content found here on LLP. So make sure you subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. All right, let's not waste that much time. We all know what happened. Haynes King goes out on the second drive. He has a leg injury. Zach Calzada comes in. It is dirty. It is messy. It is a big bloodbath of a nightmare to watch on television. It's a bloodbath to watch inside the press box. But the final two drives... That version of what you see from Zach Calzada is the one that could keep Texas A&M alive. And unfortunately, it's going to have to. It's going to have to keep Texas A&M alive because we now know Haynes King is out for a while. He successfully underwent surgery on Sunday morning to fix a bone broken in his right leg. It was his tibia bone. According to Jimbo Fisher at his press conference, he said that he believes it was a clean break through and through. That does not take that much long for rehabilitation. They believe that if he can get back to full speed, well, you know what? Why are you hearing it from me? Let's just have Jimbo Fisher tell you himself from yesterday's press conference. Thanks, as you know, I guess it's already out, but I wanted to wait till I got the final um, thing to make sure I give you all the right call. He has a, he had a crack in his lower lower leg that they fixed and operated on, went clean as a whistle, went really good, was as good as it could humanly be as far as uh, you know the, the prognosis of things. Now, timeline, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not going to say, when you heal, you heal. When you're healed, you're healed. We would never play him before in any way, shape, or form before that. And two, I feel like we still got a great quarterback in Zach Calzada and feel very comfortable with him uh, doing things after especially watching him, the character he grew up with in that football game, and come back and make the plays he had to make at the end of that game for us a chance to win it. We're very proud of him and the guys around him and played. All right, there you have it. Haynes King out. The timeline, no idea. This is now Zach Calzada's team. Can he actually live up to the standard? That is the biggest question. When looking back at Calzada's day, you have to take it with a grain of salt. In a multitude of ways, there is a lot to like. Let's start off with the first thing. The last two drives, consistently moving the ball. They went 5-7 of seven on third down. That's over 75%. They looked clean. They found consistency. There was a lot to like on those last two drives. Let's talk about the other thing. He has an arm. It's very clear he has an arm. Everyone's going to talk about how the pressure was getting to him, how he's doing a lot of dump passes to Isaiah Spiller, how he was getting, you know, he wasn't really finding a rapport with Nia Smith with a Chase Lane. That's fine. He found twice Jalen Weidemeyer for 20 plus yard gains. 
He found once Anaya Smith for an 18-plus yard gain. He found Isaiah Spiller on the right moment for an 18-yard touchdown. Guy can sling it. Guy is not afraid to go downfield. Guy can move the football. That is what you can like about Haynes King's replacement in Zach Calzada moving forward. Now, what is there not to like? Slow start. Very slow start. Every single day in practice, every single day in camp, here's what we heard. There is a battle going on. Haynes King, Zach Calzada, both are fighting for QB1 reps. If that's the case, is there a problem at quarterback for the long-term future? Because if Haynes King was the guy and this version of Calzada trots out every single Saturday until he's back, if that's the version, what were we looking forward to in SEC play? What was there to look forward to? I don't think that that's true. I don't think that what you saw from him in those first eight or nine drives or however many it was before the final two, yeah, I don't think that that's the version of Zach Calzada that most people are going to see on Saturday when they play New Mexico. But I will say, be wary. Be very weary because at the same time, you have no idea what to expect from this team. You have no idea what to expect from this offense. And there were two sides of the story. Number one, inconsistent play. They went 1-10 on their first 10 drives. They got 1-10 uh, one uh, one on their first 11 drives. Got one third down. They got one first down. Everything else, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. That can't happen against Arkansas. Arkansas is now ranked. Arkansas gives a tough battle every single year in the Southwest Classic. This is now a game to watch for. This is now a game that comes with plenty of concerns. This is now a game that when you look at on paper, there is so much that could go wrong. All right, we got much more to talk about with Zach Calzada, but this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Prize Picks. All right, college football fans, have you heard about Prize Picks? Well, if you haven't, it's Daily Fantasy Made Easy. I love this app, and I know you will too. It's the leader in college football sports daily fantasy because it offers you college football props more than anyone else in the world and offers the star players of the Power Five as well as the mid-major players that you might have never even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop that you can think of from yardage to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown. So if you believe that Zach Calzada will throw 450 yards in his first game against New Mexico, by all means, take the over. If you believe he will throw more than two interceptions, take the over. Or you can go ahead and boo any single type of bet you want. You pick two to five players and an over-under in their projections, and you can win up to 10 times the amount of your entry money. It's that simple. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries as well, so you don't have to just stick with football. You can have basketball, baseball, UFC, and much, much more. Entries can be made in 56 seconds or less. It's that easy. They're safe and offer fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out Prize Picks now. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, let's continue to talk about it. We know for sure Zach Calzada is going to be the starting quarterback. So what is the best outcome of all of this? Well, Jimbo Fisher says that right now it's not really about the outcome. It's about finding consistency under center. And he does believe that when you look at what Calzada brings to the table, it's more than just your prototypical pocket passing quarterback who stands behind the line of scrimmage and delivers ball after ball after ball. You'll feature things he does, but we will change a lot. I mean, listen, Zach, as you saw, people say, well, you know, Haynes can run and Haynes can't throw. Well, last of you saw him slinging the ball down the field everywhere. And 
Zach can throw when he can't run. Well, he made a heck of a run to get to the one-yard line. <laughs> he made a guy miss. He made a 20-yard run. He made a scramble on a big first down. He kept plays alive, had a 12-yard scramble for a touch, you know, for a first down in the game. So, I mean, we'll still stay very similar. We, there may be a wrap. There may be combinations of a couple things. One guy, which we always do, one guy likes this play a little better than he likes that play. But the still concept of what we do and how we do things will stay relative to exactly what we are. You know, when you really break it down and you look back at the film, it wasn't that bad from Calzada. He actually did move the ball pretty well with his legs, and when he was asked to run, he did his job. Twice he ran for plays of over plus 12 yards on the day. Once went for the near-infamous touchdown that was a fumble at the line of scrimmage. The other one was a 12-yard gain that kept the drive alive in the first half, so... Got to at least appreciate that, that he was able to move his legs. He finished second on the team in carries. I think it was seven carries, 28 yards. Um, Average like, I think it was like four yards per carry or something like that. So he moved the ball well when asked to. The question is, what happened to the rest of the run game? This was a week after last weekend, you saw Isaiah Spiller rush for 113 yards. Devon Achan rushed for 124 yards. Neither really moved the ball that well. A-Chain rushed for 50, Spiller rushed for like 20. There wasn't that much consistency against the run. And the reality is when you look at how this game is going to be and how they're going to pass, therein lies the problem. The SEC, there's going to be week in and week out where you're not going to be able to run the football. Arkansas proved that against Texas, that rushing the ball is going to be a problem. I think when you look at Auburn, their run defense has been very stable in their first two games credit it's Akron and it's Alabama State but their run defense has been top notch so when you take out the rushing element you have to expand the passing plays and therein was the biggest question can Calzada actually move the ball at a consistent level can he move the ball where first downs are not a dime a dozen but rather a consistency keep in mind that Texas A&M last year converted on almost 76 percent of all third down plays. That's how good they were at moving the ball, at controlling the clock, at keeping plays in their favor. That is what has made Jimbo Fisher and this Aggie team so successful. And they show that they still are going to do that by having over 76% of their first downs or third down conversions against the Golden Flashes. I get it. You're playing against a Pac-12 team. It's a completely different outcome. But if that's going to be the case where you cannot run the ball against a Pac-12 team, are you going to be able to do it against an SEC team? Again, Alabama, you have Mississippi State, you have Auburn, you have Missouri, you have Arkansas, all coming up within the next six weeks. All those games, you could see Canes King miss. So Calzada has got to show he can move the ball with his arm at a consistent level. Because if you just watched a Pac-12 team clobber this offensive line every single snap there was not a consistency on this offensive line now while there were a lot of good plays made and i guess the offensive line did enough in those actions there was far from consistency therein is the biggest problem and if you have listened to this podcast time in and time out i have said time and time again it has never been for me based off of who wins the starting job Haynes King, Zach Calzada, I personally thought both could work. It mattered who works with the right offensive line. I honestly think the reason why King won the job was Fisher saw the offensive line and said, I need a mobile guy. I need a guy with that pure end speed. That's why I think he won the job. And you saw a glimpse of it, of what it could be in SEC play all week long last Saturday afternoon.
Jimbo Fisher also talked a lot about how this offense can move the ball, but before we move on to that, let me tell you about Sweat Block. Listen, every single day I go to the gym. I usually go after my morning radio show, workout, and even though I take a nice hot shower when I get home, I can't get rid of that stink. That's because of I don't know what antiperspirant wipes to use. Now I do. It is called Sweat Block. Sweat Block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants because you simply apply it at night before you go to bed, sleep it off, and the next morning you wake up, wash off, and go about your day. You don't have to worry about pit stains. So whether it's for an important speech, an interview, a first date, God forbid, meeting the parents, we all know how that goes, Sweat Block has you covered. It will block out your sweat and your pit stains for all 24 hours. I know this seems too good to be true, but I literally have used Sweat Block every single week, twice a week, no pit stains, none of that whatsoever. If you or someone you love is dealing with this type of problem, make sure you go and have them check out Sweatblock. Go visit sweatblock.com, use the promo code locked on and receive a 20% discount bonus. Or use Sweatblock. It is right now the number one product on Amazon. Stop the sweat, stop the nerves with Sweatblock. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Did you know that they have nine delicious flavors plus an occasional limited time one? So whether you're a coconut girl, a cherry guy, a raspberry kid, or an old, delightful, reliable peanut butter brownie, guess what? They are covered in 100% real chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. Plus, if you don't know what flavor you like, that's totally okay. You can always get the mix box, which gives you two of each flavor for your next time you purchase. The bars are great for anybody on the keto diet because they're low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and low in calories. Most bars contain 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugars, and only 4 grams of net carbs. There's not a product like this out on the shelves. So when you go visit BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your very first order. That promo code is LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating the salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Betting on college football does not have to be a guessing game. When you listen to the brand new Locked on Podcast with you and handicapping expert Easter, if you picks, wagers, leads, locks of the day, and much, much more when you listen every single day on the Odyssey app to the brand new Locked on Bets podcast, presented by betonline.ag. Get the podcast wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So, my biggest takeaway From the Haynes King, Zach Calzada debate, what we have going on right now, talking about what Zach Calzada can do, has actually nothing to do with Zach Calzada. It really doesn't. I believe that Zach Calzada can actually work as a quarterback. I believe that he could be a name that is slowly moving on the rise, finds consistency against this New Mexico defense, is able to go out, start strong, and play consistent football. I actually believe that. I think that that will work. I think that it will be successful. I have no doubt in my mind that it could be the reason why when we break this down two, three weeks from now, Calzada is in the driver's seat. He is leading Texas A&M into an undefeated season, going up against Alabama, and all things will be right in the SEC realm if the offensive line holds. I've said this so many times. I'll say it again. Offensive line play is the most important thing to a quarterback. I don't care about the wide receivers. I don't care about the running backs. I don't care about the tight ends. Any good quarterback can make any average wide receiver look good. Any good quarterback can make any good running back look special in the passing game. Any good quarterback can make any tight end 
a viable option, play in and play out. It happens every day in the NFL. It happened every day in Baton Rouge during Joe Burrow's time. It happened with Mac Jones. It happened with Tua Tungavailoa. It's happening with JT Daniels. It's happening with a ton of programs across the country. You see it, you know it. Part of the reason these teams are successful, part of the reason these teams make it to the college football playoff year in and year out, stable offensive line. That simple. Imagine if Jared Hawker, Kenyon Green, Dan Moore Jr., Carson Green, and Ryan McCollum all ran it back one more year. Would you lose some players to the to the transfer portal? Yeah, you would. Would this offensive line that's been playing together basically for two straight years fully, some of them three straight years, going on a fourth season, they'd be going on three years together. You don't think that any quarterback can lean out there and be good? Every single one of those four men had the opportunity to come back for one more season. They elected to go to the NFL. Right now, none of them are on active rosters besides Dan Moore Jr. Dan Moore is the only one on an active roster. But they chose to go to the NFL. There's nothing wrong with that. Most years, you don't get this extra year of UIL eligibility. If you're hurt this year, you're done. That's it. If you're on, the, if you're on your last year of eligibility, it's over. So a guy like Skylar Thompson for Kansas State, I feel for him. I really feel for him. Because likely his career is done. He got hurt on week two against, um, who was it? Some random FCS school. Got hurt. His season is likely over. He's done in college football. That was likely his last snap he ever took as a college quarterback. Sorry, that's the reality of it. But if he came back and he was healthy all 10 games or 12 games, I believe Kansas State was actually going to be a contender for the Big 12 title this year. I really do. I really led Kansas State. Offensive line play is so essential and is so important to this team's success and what this offense needs. Every single play, it looked like Calzada was getting under pressure. More importantly, King's not getting hurt if that offensive line is stable. And that was against Colorado. The offensive line has got to get better. It's that simple. The offensive line has got to play up to par. You have Arkansas coming up. Their defensive line made Texas's offensive line who has been starting together for three years, by the way. Three years, most of those players have been together. Made them look like mincemeat. Made them look like children. It's the same thing. Young offensive line, young players, you have three, either redshirt or true freshmen starting. You almost had four with Ruben Fathery. You have Kenyon Green. That's your line. They're about ready to go up against a gauntlet of SEC teams. You want to prove that you're ready to contend? You better be strong. And the best way to prove that you are strong is by having a stable offensive line. So before I even judge Zach Calzada, I'll go back and watch the film on the offensive line. And I have. And it is not pretty. Calzada has his own struggles, but the offense as a whole has more. You gotta figure out offensive line play if you're going to be successful. And it doesn't happen this week. I think with that offensive line play, you'll be okay against New Mexico. Maybe you don't cover the spread, but you'll still be okay. You'll be top 10 when you go into Arlington, but you may not leave top 10 when you get out of Arlington. That's where danger of the offensive line cannot pick up the slack. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson at Locked on Aggies. On tomorrow's show, we will recap where everyone sits inside the top 25. Did Texas A&M deserve to drop out of the top five? Where are some flaws on top of the offensive line we have to look at? Who is the biggest name that needs to step up? We'll 
discuss that and much, much more. See you all tomorrow. And remember, give me all. This has been Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.